cliques, essentially kind of the tribe kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And but it's again part of it's good that they are together. Like they they want to be together. They, they God's brought them together. But then the the, the, the balancing of the worry is. You get in that tribal mentality of we don't really want anybody else to enter. We love our tribe, and we don't want anybody to exit. We just want to kind of keep it as it is. Yeah. And that happens within the local church. You know, we don't we want people to come in eh, as long as they'll, you know, do what we do and believe what we believe and not challenge things. We definitely want people to leave. But the thing that breaks my heart, man, is the local church is not serving together. Mm-hmm. Like, I struggle with that from the very beginning. Um Okay, well, what about another church that their doctrine or some of their practice, they have female pastors and things of that nature, and if I were to disagree on whatever points, can we still serve together? You know? Yeah. Can we still actually do mission locally together? Can we get coffee together? I mean, can we love each other and the world around us together, even though we differ on certain issues? Yeah. I think that's where the, the line in the sand has been drawn a lot within the local churches. Is this about me and my church mm-hmm. and not God's church, big church? Oh, this is Into the Fray, a podcast about real Christians having honest conversations. I'm Austin. I'm Robbie. And this is Into the Fray. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, how's your week been? What have you been enjoying? Ooh, enjoying. Um, man, I have really been enjoying. Um, my wife's mother uh, had back surgery, um, which I did not enjoy. <laughs> Obviously, any pain for my, my family. I love my mother-in-law. Um, but, uh, man, I have really enjoyed. And she, I, you know, I don't even know if she listens to podcasts, but if she does, baby, I love you. Um, she Seeing my wife just do, like, I mean, her her mom and dad are now at my house, and so she's caregiving there. She's like today, I've seen her just a little bit, kind of thing, like a few minutes, kind of little little mm-hmm. bit, and uh, she's just rocking it, man. And it just it, there's the appreciation of knowing how much she does, but on a week like this, when you see, you know, her care for her mother and and all, it's just really really cool. My boys ask me all the time, you know, why do I? do stuff for my mom and I'm like take note boys yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like I love my mama I, mama's boy whatever you want to call it kind of deal but you know I, one day I hope they love their dad that way too but they definitely take care of their mom but I've just really enjoyed sitting back and watching her um, you know care for her parents which is just the crazy thing they take care of us from birth you know until the time it's that you know yeah. now it's our turn and uh, which is a tough thing, but it's part of life. I look, Circle of life. Yeah, I look yeah. forward to that. Really? Yeah. I my goal is to in life build a, and it's constantly like a convincing game with my parents and with the rest of my family, like mm-hmm. my brothers and sisters too. But uh, my goal was for us to all buy a bunch of property, and us to be like this family unit yeah. that lives close to like on the same property together. We don't have to live in the same house. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, but like us be like a, a genuine family unit where people are like mm-hmm. yo Austin's family isn't just his wife and his kids but mm-hmm. it's the, the grandparents and the aunts and uncles they're all doing life together Yeah, and we want to go see what that's like we yeah. want to be a part of that and like I think that's so cool because like my family 
uh, my extended family, they don't operate like that. And it's very, like, disconnected. Hmm. And so how I feel like God has kind of impacted my immediate family is he brought us really close together. And we're, like, doing life together. Mm -hmm. And we're growing together. And I want to just, like, dive deeper into that. Yeah. And so I want to take care of my parents when they get older. And, like, ultimately it's kind of, like, what I'm building towards. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think there's a little shift going on, too. Now, again, I know we live in the South. And so maybe it's a little bit more normal, I guess. But I really do. Even hearing you, who's a lot younger than I am, like, I'm that way. Like, you know, I love, I've got two sisters and we were five years apart, uh, both ways kind of thing. And so we were not that close growing up. But like, as you get older, you kind of long, or we, I do anyway, long for that, you know, more connection with family and my mom the same way kind of thing. And hearing you say that, it's just really cool. Because I mean, that's obviously in different parts of the world. And obviously in Bible times, I mean, the extended family, the adding on to the home, mm-hmm. you know, when you had the new bride and a part of that preparation was adding room kind of thing, yeah. but you're living <laughs> at mom's house or dad's house, you know, kind of yeah. thing. And I think a lot of that's been lost at certain times and maybe still even now to where it's like disconnect, get away from family, get out of the hometown, get out of, you know, I just want to go and be my own person kind of thing. And which is fine and all, but then you just lose that connection yeah. with your family. It's yeah. I don't really, I don't think that's a, I mean, people can disagree with this, but that's not attractive to me to like go live off on your own and do life yeah. apart from your family. Like, I remember in high school, I wanted to do that just because I'm like every teenager. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I can't stand my parents. But then after like going through a breakup and uh, losing some friends just from graduating high school and all and life changes, you realize how important family is mm-hmm. and how much they matter. And yeah. my fam- my relationship with my parents especially has gotten better over time mm-hmm. as I got older. Yeah, And it's just like... I've I've gotten more opportunities to see how much they still have to teach me, even though like I'm an adult, and like I'm like, well, they're what my dad is in his fifties, I think. Mm-hmm. When he's in his eighties, he's still gonna have a a good bit of like uh, thirty years ahead of me. Yeah. I want to keep learning from you. Yeah, like I want to cool. like, it's, and I want them to like I want my kids to have a good relationship with their grandparents, mm-hmm. like. I want them to see the source of like where I learn from God, learn yeah. about God from, yeah. you know, and yeah. where I learned like good work ethic. Yeah. Like, and there's so much wisdom in that because I mean, you're you've always been. I'm not just saying this because you and I are doing this, or you're right here in front of me now, Austin. But I mean, you've always, you know, been that kind of like an old soul. Some people would say, you know what I mean. But yeah. just you know, like there's wisdom beyond your years, kind of thing. Like. So for someone in their early 20s, like when I was in my early 20s, I still, I thought I was like a teenager. Like I still thought I knew everything and my mom and dad knew nothing. You know what I mean? Like, and so, but as you get older, like when my dad going to be with the Lord even a few years ago, like now, I wish I could pick up the phone and ask him stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wish I could see him and pick his brain on some things and, and that sort of thing because yeah, he actually did know some stuff and I, I, you know, I don't. I don't know a lot of things that I want to glean from those who are older. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but that's the interesting. You said something. I just want to clarify real quick. Yeah. So you said when you're married with a few kids, how many kids do you envision, or would you know? I don't really know. Like ten? Oh God, no. I did. Okay, so that <laughs> does get into something. Uh, when I was in my last last relationship, and maybe a couple years after that, 
Uh, I always said I wanted like five kids. Wow, cool. I do not really care about that number anymore. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. It's it's kind of like when we hit on the scene on this episode of, it's not that I don't want kids. Mm-hmm. It's just something that happened. This may be getting a little deep. I had a friend who she can't have kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we almost dated for a minute. And that was something like, I just realized you had to. Mm-hmm. That, that's like a topic of conversation if you're going to sure. be in a relationship. Yes. And though that wasn't the reason we didn't pursue the relationship, it, it was like a good news flash. Like, uh, it was a new flash? Is that yeah, maybe the yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it made me think more about how much pressure that could be on a, like a lady especially. Like mm-hmm. I would never want to marry or date a girl and her feel pressure to have kids. Yeah. If she can't have them or yeah. – Whatever the situation is, just because like that's that's so not in our control. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, and I'm just in this place where I'm like, uh, I would love kids, but I also, I mean, I see the benefit of not having kids, mm-hmm. and uh, whatever the situations of being, I'd want the girl to know that I am, I'm satisfied with her, and yeah. that that be it for you sure. Know? covenant i'm in this no matter what but that having that thought process and i mean obviously if y'all had gotten to the point of you know considering marriage or whatever hopefully would have that conversation between the two of you kind of thing Mm -hmm. because you know i remember uh my wife and i were not believers when we got married Uh, but i do and i don't remember much of anything of the premarital counseling but i do remember this one scenario that the pastor who's now going to be with the lord uh said to both of us he said, um, not the children, but kind of going back to the sex topic, he said, if, I think he might have just, the way I remember it, maybe it was just my own personal conviction or something. I think, I think he looked at me and asked me. I don't think he asked both of them. I think he just asked me if Carrie was in a, in a wreck or something had happened tragically that, that paralyzed her or whatever kind of thing, and she could not have sex. You could not, I mean, would that be a deal breaker? And it just, again, the the... The question or the scenario kind of made your mind kind of think, okay, mm-hmm. am I in it really? Yeah. You know, the good and the bad, the rich and the poor, and health or, or not, you know, sex or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like kids or not. I mean, it really makes you think because we say those vows flippantly like, yeah, rich or poor, but we all want to be richer and healthier and, you yeah. know, all that kind of stuff. We don't want the other side of it. But, yeah. Uh, that's deep. <laughs> yeah, that's not what we're talking about today. That's <laughs> no. that's how we roll. We we get on stuff sometimes like that. Yeah. But I gotta clarify. That was cool. Yeah. Well, I, it kind of leads into what we're talking about. Yeah. No, no, I ain't traveling. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I never really got to explain, or I don't think anyone's ever really asked me to that question to where I could explain why I don't like uh, giving a number anymore or mm-hmm. talking about how many kids I want. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's just so much. I, I would hate for a girl to, me and a girl to start dating, and then like want to pursue marriage and her feel guilty because mm-hmm. she can't have kids. Yeah, like even like it could be me. Like maybe I'm the problem. Like I can't have kids. Yeah, like I would I would hope the person still loves me enough to mm-hmm. be like, nah. Like I just I'm okay with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then obviously, I mean, whether. Adoption, foster care, or discipling yep. kids. I mean, there's, you know what I mean? So many other ways yeah. in our you know, minds usually don't go to when it comes to 
having extended families and pour it into the next generation. It's usually we just think procreate, you know, yeah. have natural, you know, kids kind of thing. That's part of it too is like when it comes to that that goal I have of the family unit is something I've I've had to or kind of the context of how my family is is we're not really connected to our extended family. Mm-hmm. It's just the immediate. And because we live far away from them, I had to kind of make my own family with with the friends I have. Mm-hmm. And we kind of redefine what family is and we invite people into the house and we're yeah. like, you're a part of the family whether you like yeah. it or not, you know? Yeah. And that's part of like the, the goal I have too is not only making my family closer and us do this together, but then let's invite people over. Yeah. Let's have the bonfires on yeah. Friday nights and this be a space for people to come who maybe they, they're from a broken home. Mm-hmm. And this can be the, the new home they have, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And that really is Jesus-like. Yeah. I mean, that's the gospel, you know, that we would push in and love our family, which, you know, our family's not always easy to love and easier to push away sometimes uh, because they really, they've seen us and at our worst go through mm-hmm. things. They love us and, you know, that things like that transpire, especially when some, with someone so close. Sometimes we might think it's easier to push them away or pull away ourselves kind of thing, but to push in. But then also, like you said, those who are not of our natural family kind of thing. That's Jesus. We've already you know, talked about that, how, you know, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, there's the importance, the high importance of our, our physical earthly family. Um, but in the same breath, man, I mean, for those brothers and sisters in Christ, yeah. for those potential brothers and sisters in Christ, I mean, loving God and loving others is what it's about. Oh, Treat yeah. them that way. Yeah. That kind of get, yeah, gets into what we're talking about today. Segue. Yeah, yeah. Perfect transition. Of we're we're talking about today Christian tribalism. Mm-hmm. So tribalism in the global church. Okay. And how it's been affecting I, maybe it's I don't know if it's specifically to America. It's it's probably global, right? I would say it's global. I would say, uh, you know, when you, when you think about tribalism, too, I mean, we're obviously going to talk more, I guess, in the context of within the church and the global church and in the local church, universal church, yeah. local church kind of thing. But obviously it's in the political realm. It's in the mm-hmm. social realm. It's, you know, there, there's a lot of tribe, you know, yeah. tribalism that takes place in our world. It's not just um, not just within the local church, but in the same breath. It is within the church. Yeah. It's not exclusive to the church and just in the world kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And so we, we want to tackle this subject because it's there's this rise, especially with the YouTubes and the mm-hmm. uh, Facebooks, yeah. where the tribalism is, like, amplified. Mm-hmm. And so maybe before, back in the day when they didn't have technology, you could be tribalistic, but it kind of stays within your immediate context. Mm-hmm. But now the it's it's being amplified so much and stretching across states and countries and whatnot mm-hmm. that people go online and they just, they'll trash the pastor. If, if say, they're in Georgia, they're going to mm-hmm. make a video and trash the pastor in California mm-hmm. or Cal- the California pastor trash the South Carolina pastor. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with the doctrinal Yes. The, the doctrinal sphere mm-hmm. of we have different theological beliefs and instead of having humility or grace towards people we kind of bought this to this lie that our culture's bought into of 
if you have a different idea than me, mm-hmm. you're an enemy of me. Yes. And I've got to do whatever it takes to take you down. Yeah. And again, that goes to, I mean, even if it's a, a political tribalism, I mean, with Donald Trump, I mean, that, that word, I started hearing it a ton as far as tribalism with Trump kind of thing. Um, let me say this, though. Like, it's easy to go to the negative part of it because one of the things, like you just mentioned, that's so concerning is that we, within tribalism, you are just tearing apart, picking apart, highlighting differences of yep. another group or another person kind of thing versus the similarities. You know, and you're not even engaged in trying to figure out what the similarities are. You just pick one thing that's different, and, man, you go after it. Pitbull mm-hmm. style. Um, but even, you said, is it you know is it new? I don't think it's new at all, man. I think it's another one of those words, it's especially with the, the social media and just Internet platform, like you said. It, it's so much in your face now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's anything yeah. new. Because I think in Scripture you see it. I think you know it's not called tribalism, but the yeah. um, characteristics are, are still there. I'm a Paul. I'm of Apollos. Yeah. I, I mean, there's people that's you know I'm it's attached probably, to this person yeah. and their beliefs. Yeah, it's probably just that our sword is able to reach a little bit farther For sure. to cut. Yeah, no doubt. Other people off. Yeah, sure. Which is. <laughs> I don't know. How do you feel about the, some of these doctrinal, like, watchdog yeah. videos? I'm yeah. sure you've seen them. I have. I have. I, I, man, I, I always think about, man, and, and I don't know if I've said on this, but I know I've said it behind the pulpit, like, I, I want to be so secure, but also in, in humility of, you know, if I'm preaching 30, 45 minutes that, you know, I, I'm very liable uh, to say something stupid or something I didn't mean to say. So I want to be like the Berean church, that they're checking even the Apostle Paul. They're going home and studying their Bible. And they're, and, they're, and so the, the accountability aspect, I think, is huge for anybody. Yeah. I don't care what, you know, if mega church pastor or where you are. I mean, again, we have such access to everybody now, mm-hmm. you know, and it's easy to nitpick and not just from a theological, but a methodological. I mean, just every kind of aspect. There, there's tribalism in all yeah. forms within the local church or global church, local church as well. Um, so I, the accountability aspect, I do like. I'm really concerned, though, um, kind of like we talked about with the council culture. I have seen where something has been pulled from a sermon or a, a Q&A or whatever, and it's pulled out of context. Mm-hmm. Or it, it, it was said, but not explained, yeah. and they just run with it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, cancel you completely, you you know, heathen. How can you say that kind of thing? And so that part really worries me um, because we're, we're, we're quick to point yeah. out where other people are wrong. I mean, again, that's nothing new. Um, but then just we have the capability now that we can post. You yeah. know, I can take something you say, whether it's in context or out, and I can put it out there for the world to see without ever engaging you. And hey, Austin, could you cl- clarify that? Could you, you know, you said this or you wrote this, yeah. you know, can you explain this? Because this seems to be, mm, I don't know, I'm kind of concerned about this. Instead, we just put it out there for the world to see. Yeah. And I appreciate that so much when people do ask, can you clarify that? Yeah. Like, it's not insulting if you don't understand me. Like, I don't understand me half the time. I have to journal and say, I, I literally write out word for word my lessons so that I can make sure I understand it at least yeah. first, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, 
ask ask for clarity uh, ask questions that, that's the point of it mm-hmm. I think more people are open to have conversations about and, and like willing to clarify things than we assume we assume people just we, we just buy into that uh, enemy mentality of yeah. well if I if I ask them to clarify they're just going to go into defense and mm-hmm. they're going to be angry at me or whatever and it's like how about we give them the benefit of the doubt first yeah and see how they respond. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you know, there's been like I read books by the, the big one that I always think about is I have Rob Bell on my bookshelf. Okay. And people have whatever opinions they have on Rob Bell. But if you know me, you know, you know you should I would hope you know where I stand on those things. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy sometimes how people would see someone who's not Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. Right or reformed or whatever camp yeah. they want to put me in, and they, they, but then they would see me reading a Rob Bell book and they'd be like, "Oh my God, Austin! Mm-hmm. Like that, you're you're getting out of bounds. You you must have like abandoned the gospel." Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I, have, I think there's just a need for people to have the benefit of the doubt and to put things in context of like if you have. Like those doctrinal watchdog videos where they take the sermons out of context. Yes. I cannot stand that because I'm like, especially like, I listen to Matt Chandler just about every week, and I'll see some of those videos where they take something out of context. I'm like, well, if you listen to the entire sermon series, mm-hmm. it would have explained, and he, he he dealt with the concern you had, mm-hmm. but you're so easy to mm-hmm. jump and make a video and take it out of context. It's like, yeah. there's a lot of people who... I, th- I think online are just they they love just taking the little things out of context and running with it instead of really doing research and yeah. really trying to understand like you yeah. said yeah you know? and, and I always even say like I mean we're, we're called man to make disciples of all nations we're called to take and preach the gospel to all people groups now and I'm always one of those like okay so like a Rob Bell or someone who would be uh, with the health and wealth gospel or the prosperity gospel mm-hmm. or an unbelievable, let, let's Islam, Buddhism, yeah. Christian Scientology, whatever it is. You don't have to know everything about them. Mm-hmm. But I do think it is helpful to know a little something. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. I, 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 again, I, from a biblical standpoint, Paul does it. I mean, you just see this yeah. over, like, they kind of know what's going on in their culture. I think that's important. Um, you should know yours, obviously, yeah. best. I mean, I always um, kind of think of it with counterfeit money. I mean, my mom who worked at the bank for years and years and years and just retired, I mean, I asked her, I mean, you know, how do you spot? And she could tell you the differences on how to, what to look for in a fake. But how they began the process when she first started on, wasn't with the fake, it was with the actual real dollar, yeah. the real bill, like know the real thing. And then you know the other things to look for. And I think, you know, when it comes to that, I, I was stretched with this man, if I'll be honest though, because when I had a Christian bookstore, and yeah. it was a realm that I was not, I don't think, prepared for, um, because when we had it, and this was before, oh man, just, you know, it was at the very end of people actually having books in their hands and not, mm-hmm. you know, going to online and stuff like that, purchasing. But I remember doing the bookstore, and so, you know, you had to have, you had to have all these different sections yep. that were nice. And I would have people come in and be like, okay, where is your full gospel section? And I would be like, full gospel? Like, 
I didn't even know what they were talking about at first. Like, it was full gospel. Like, bro, it's the Bible. They're, it's all <laughs> gospel books, like Christian But Like, I don't know what you're talking about, the full gospel. It's not yeah. like something's missing. Um, but, you know, there's just, again, in different, you know, denominations and stuff like that, there's just this whole idea that, you know, you're missing something. Yeah. You're missing something that we have, and you're wrong, and, and I don't, it was crazy, but it was a really good learning experience. What I did not do was just trash all the books, because I'd have people you know who I love, and even I would fall in line with much more reformed and things of that nature. Like, okay, dude, where, you know, give me Piper and MacArthur, and they just rattle off, you know, where, where's Calvin, where's, you know, and why is that not all that you have in here? Why would you dare have the NIV and not just ESV? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like this crazy thing, like... Okay, okay, bro, I, I can have these. I guess what? I can even read some of those. Yeah. And again, I'm going to have a discerning spirit no matter who it is. I'm not going to immerse myself in just all of them, but I, w- I do want to be aware of a lot of it, you know, not yeah. just for the sake of a Christian bookstore, for, but for the sake of being a Christian. You know, you, you kind of hit on something right there of the immersing yourself in all of them, of like, for me, when I was probably more tribalistic, it was I was immersed in the Reformed tradition. Mm-hmm. That's all I read. That's mm-hmm. all on my bookshelf. And my my growing in God was, uh, according to the, the scale that I had, it was just how much more reform can I get? Mm-hmm. But there's so much that I found I was missing out on the gospel mm-hmm. because the reform tradition is just one tradition out of many. But I had this mindset that that was all Christianity, real Christianity was. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if you don't believe exactly like I do, and it's crazy because reform, the thing that separates reform tradition from other traditions is a lot of secondary issues. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you don't agree with me on all these secondary issues, Mm -hmm. you're not a part of the real church. And I'm almost like, there's times where I was even looking forward to hearing like a Hillsong, like a pastor from Hillsong fall. Because I'm like, see, that proves, that proves they don't got it. Yeah. Meanwhile, ignoring all the reformed guys yeah. that fell in yeah. our camp, you know. And dude, that's a that's a huge thing too. I mean, being able to you know nitpick and 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 like you said, eat even whether secretly or openly, mm-hmm. hoping that others would fail. Yep. You know, and I mean, how Jesus loving is that? You know yep. what I mean? That's within the church. Uh, I remember reading a book, man. I should have looked at it before I came, uh, but it just came to my mind. It was called Living Water. I cannot remember the guy's name. I read it years ago. My pastor at the time, a mentor, gave it to me, and it was about the gospel movement in China when just you know revival was taking place and it was exploding. And, and one of the thrusts of it that just caught me as a young believer was him telling the story, I'll just have to paraphrase, of when the revival was taking place, missionaries had come, Bibles were being given, the Word of God was in people's hands, and Spirit took it and just transformed lives, planning, and they were on fire. Mm-hmm. And there was unity. And then what happened is you had other denominations come from the states. And the next thing, instead of giving them the word and, you know, sound doctrine, stuff like that, they started giving their own books out of their tradition. Yep. And what happened to the Chinese new believers? They started dividing. And, go, and it was just like what become this great unity of, of believers growing together, i.e. the early church. Mm-hmm. They began being segregated. They began taking their little tribes and the movement stopped. And that was always a thing for me. It was like, whoa, like, yeah. I I remember like going back to that really reformed time of my life. Of 
I was so uh, ready to give people a John Piper or what uh, R.C. Sproul's What yeah. Is Reformed Theology. Yeah. I was so ready to give you that. Yeah. Or cho- his I Chosen by God book. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I can't just give them a, a new Bible. I need to give them something a little more yeah. so that they get the, mm-hmm. get the mm-hmm. right stuff out of this book. Yeah. You know? And it's so silly. Like anytime I would tell someone like, I'd be talking to my pastor at the time and be like, dude, I had such an amazing conversation with – uh, this lost person, and we talk about reformed theology and predestination, mm-hmm. and I just go on the list of like every reformed doctrine there mm-hmm. is, and I'm more excited about that than yeah. about whether they knew who Jesus was. Yeah, and a lot of times I was just, uh, I, I just found myself caring so much about this tradition and the doctrines of this tradition, um than actually what the Bible even has to say on some of those issues mm-hmm. or being uh, open to the fact that I may have some of these issues wrong. Yeah. or And a lot of it was, I just didn't, I, f- I found that I had fallen away from Jesus at a certain point and I was just following whatever reformed pastor I was listening yeah. to. And let me say this too, man. Um, this is no rail no. on any, because those doctrines, like I said, I'm gonna fall in that camp more so than most but you know there's this beautiful mystery and i i came to grips with you know like i can't explain it i I want a god that's a lot bigger than me i want you know throughout the scriptures there's no abc to south you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um i know we like to do the abc (laughs) you know kind of thing make it easy kind of deal um but there is the the god is sovereign predestination election those things are beautiful in scripture and we should not not at all skip over them, um, but in the same breath, over and over again, from the very beginning, Genesis 3, yeah. you know, Genesis 1, 2, don't eat of the fruit, Genesis 3. I mean, all throughout Scripture of people, you know, the call to repent and believe, the call to choose to take up life yep. in the cross. You know, so it's a beautiful tension, and I know we, we want to have it all figured out, and I've come to a place like I can explain it, and that, the best that I can in my limited, finite, you know, sphere. But I'm okay with not knowing completely how that works out and all of it. That fate is a gift, and at the same time, I'm called to place my. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'm okay with that. Um, but when you when you say that about doctrine, we, we're so sensitive to some of it, man. Like it's like when you say, okay, it's reformed or it's you know free will and like Wesleyan or whatever kind of thing. Um, Again, we don't want to look at the overarching what we are similar yep. about. We're so we're so driven by what ways that we would be different, how we would disagree with people. Yeah. And one of the people, and I, I want you to answer some stuff, man. But one of the you and I have had this conversation. I love George Whitfield and John Wesley. Two different yep. camps did not get along hmm. at all. I mean, you know, they, they debated each other. You know, and, and words were said and things kind of transpired. But I remember that quote, that beautiful quote, I'm going to have to just, you know, paraphrase when one of uh, George Whitfield's kind of, you know, uh, guys that was in his tribe, you know, it was like, you know, with with Wesley was like, you know, he's not going to be in heaven, is he? Kind of thing. And we're not going to see him in heaven. I think is how it goes. And Whitfield replies, he says, no, he's going to be so close to the throne of God. And you and I will be so far away that we probably won't see him. And I just, I mean, here's two guys, different camps. Yeah. You know, ha- had disagreements. Yeah. 
And yet the humility and the honoring of one another, and specifically, you know, Whitfield Wesley, like I'm like, man, yeah, that's that's what I want to be a part of. Yeah. That's, what I, that's who I want to be. When I started realizing that, like, the church was bigger than just my camp, it was I had this economics teacher named Miss Morgan, and she, uh, we'd get these long conversations about, like, faith, about whether you can lose your salvation, all, all these different things. And I ended up wrestling a lot with our conversations because here, like, she was this very godly person, very loving person. You looked at her life, and you're like, she loves Jesus. Mm. She loves people. Yeah, She loves her Bible. But then I had this confliction of like, yeah, but she believes women can be pastors. Mm-hmm. Or she's not a Calvinist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, frick. If I didn't know those things about like her doctrinal beliefs, but I just, like, I, I didn't have those categories to put her in. Mm-hmm. But I just knew her as a person. Mm-hmm. I'd see Jesus. And it was this, this, it was like a blessing that she came into my life because it was like I was having to be forced to see someone who I really respected and admired and had to be like, oh, like Jesus can work outside of my camp. And he's, maybe she's right, maybe I'm wrong on some of these issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to actually study some of these issues a little more. Mm-hmm. And uh, then like even my mom. So... I I wasn't raised Reformed or Calvinist. Like my parents were a part of the Southern Baptist Church, and like they taught they, they one of the Sunday school teachers said it was hogwash. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, like they they had full on like they're against Calvinism. Okay. But then this godly youth pastor came into my life, and he was a Calvinist, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yo, this is amazing! He loves the Bible. He's showing me like he's answering my questions. He's mm-hmm. uh, discipling me, showing me the love of Jesus." And I'm like. Well, the Calvinist can't be all bad because look, like he's got the fruits, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and he can back it up in the Bible. And I, you know, eventually become a Calvinist. But then when I'm in a Calvinist, I, the way that, you know, my, the, some of the people in the church treated the youth pastor, they were like so against them because of his doctrinal beliefs. Mm-hmm. I found myself treating my mom like that mm. and being like, well, mom. You're you don't read the Bible enough. Yeah, you, you don't understand. You're not yeah. really studying the Bible and kind of treating her the same way they treated him. And but then what was amazing was when I doubted my, in my faith the most, and when I was about to walk away from Jesus, the amount of people who weren't in my camp who like came and surrounded me and prayed for me and like loved on me and brought me back to Jesus was amazing because then it was like oh like. Again, like the church was bigger than I thought. Yeah. Like I had brothers and sisters rooting for me that I had treated like enemies for so long. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and you know one of the dangerous things is, and in the Bible again, man, God's showing no partiality, and there's no, there's no God doesn't have grandchildren kind of thing that you know. Uh, there's no to be no division within the body of Christ, and yet, man, we are so prone to it. You know what I mean? Like. Um, so whether it, whether it's theological, mm-hmm. where you know we would be much more considered by you know as a contemporary church, well then those who are not, I mean we might as well be a cult. I mean seriously, yeah. like we have been called that a cult because yeah. our ceilings are black, um, kind of thing. <laughs> 
Um, you know, but it's weird. It's like, like, let me ask you this. Okay. So has any, and I, you've already kind of uh, explained a little bit, but in, how long have you been following Jesus? About 10 years. 10 years. Has some of your, not essentials, as in Jesus, the virgin birth, um, the sinless son of, not, not those kind yeah. of issues. The resurrection, we've already talked about that kind yeah. of thing. But I mean, you've had some theological, methodological differences, like things, you've changed your mind on some things, right? For sure. I, I mean, I, like, dude, I've been following Christ now for 20 years, and some of mine have changed. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the things, like you mentioned, with someone who's in a different tri- uh, tribe, camp, kind of speak, speaking, uh, like, it stretches me, and cha- it will stretch and challenge you if you allow that yeah. to happen, and it grow you in some instances. Like, for me, like, early on, you know, gifts of the Spirit, man, you just, it was real, like, <laughs> when you started, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you were in one or two camps. You either believe they ceased or it full blast every meeting. You better get up and, you know, yeah. get slain and speak in tongues. You know, that sort of thing. Um, and what I grew up in and around and maybe even what I was kind of comfortable with is, is where I was at. But then when I got around other believers who, who thought differently on those same things and would back up Scripture as well yeah. with their belief, then I had to start diving in Scripture. Yep. And then I'd say, okay, God, if I'm wrong, please show me. Like, I don't want to be, again, we talk about pride and humility. Like, when it comes to following Jesus, like, I don't want to be the one who, okay, I've got this all figured out. And again, it's not a salvation issue, although one of the you know, severe, ugly things about tribalism within that realm is we make it about salvation. Mm-hmm. And it ain't. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, that's not. But, man, it stretched me. And so, yeah, I've changed on some things. There's uh, there's plenty of things that we can have discussions about, but I'd be like. Years. Huh? Yeah, in the last three years, yeah. I've changed on some things. And I would say my mind has changed. I still point you to all Scripture. I mm-hmm. could tell you where I was and where I am. And there, I could tell you there's some things that I still have all figured out. Yeah. It's okay. But that's like the beautiful part of following Jesus, right? Of It's this journey. There's this, I don't know. Like we Sometimes we fall into this idea that. To be a Christian, you download a bunch of facts before you, like when once you get started, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like mm-hmm. there's no growing in your understanding of who God is and yeah. how like complicated He is or how sometimes gray He is. Yeah. But the more I've followed Jesus, the more I've just I've gotten to that point of like you said before of sometimes I I don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Like with the predestination free will, I'm mm-hmm. I don't know how it works out. I know they both exist, yeah. but I'm okay with just saying, okay, they're they're both here, mm-hmm. and I I'm not gonna get into the nitty gritty of how they work out because I don't think the Bible goes that much detail mm-hmm. about it, you know. And but another thing that I was thinking of is the uh, here goes the brain. The brain is dying. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> But uh, man, what was it? Oh, the 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 people who are like not in your camp, mm-hmm. but know the Bible as much or better than you do. Yep. That blew my mind because mm-hmm. I had, again, not bashing the reform camp. It was just one of the things that really attracted me to them. One of the things that like I think they should feel good about is they love the Bible. Absolutely. They really prioritize it. Yeah, and, and they, even some of the, I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but even some of the things that. Um, that they 
really want to protect, yeah, which are really good things, like the inerrancy of God's word, and therefore with, yeah. with the gifts. I mean, you don't need some of those gifts because the canon is closed, you yeah. know, sort of thing. And the gifts are they, of course, and, and that sort of thing. And so there's like those are really good reasons yeah. for why they should handle that with care. Um, yeah, yeah. But then uh, I started listening to uh, there's this time where I was like, you know, what, I'm going to branch out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to understand like what is the gospel. Um, we'll get into like deconstruction in another episode, but I was like, I'm going to go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to find some people who can tell me what the gospel is because mm-hmm. that's what I need. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Rich Wilkerson Jr. He's a assembly. He's a God pastor. Okay. And he's another one that I listen to just about every week. And this dude loves the Bible. And he was, he was one of those guys where I was like, yo, you're a theologian. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't look like it. Like, he looks kind of like the—he's from Miami, so he dresses like a Miami person, and he's contemporary. But then he, used, he listened to his preaching, and it's like verse by verse. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought that was just a reform thing. Yeah. And I'm hearing this guy do it. And it was crazy, too, because he even quoted—he quotes Tim Keller a good bit. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's, he's quoting one of my guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And it, okay. it was, yeah, it was another one of those crazy things where I was like, oh, like maybe not everyone view, like there's people outside of my camp who don't view me as the enemy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, why am I viewing them as an enemy? Yeah. You know? I know. Yeah. And you just start going on this like journey of, well, who are my brothers and sisters? Like yeah. going back to like the similarities, like yeah. what, where the people that we have the, the essentials in common with. Mm-hmm. Let me see what they're about. Yeah. Like maybe I got some misunderstandings about who they are, yeah. what they stand for. Yeah. Like with the reform guys, like they, it's, they're not. I mean, people could say that they're like they can be kind of a jerk when it comes to the inerrancy of scripture, and they're kind of mm-hmm. like a really cold, and mm-hmm. they're just uh, super firm in it. Mm-hmm. But then you understand why they do it, and you're oh, like, yeah. no, they just really love yeah. God's word, and they're trying to, yeah. they want to be protective of yeah. it. And, and I would even say yes. In either camp, kind of thing, but since you mentioned that mm-hmm. on the Calvinistic reform, like, are there some who are that way, rigid and yeah. co- uh, yes, and then there's also some who are passionate, and yeah. you would, ne- I mean, you know what I mean? Um, you wouldn't guess necessarily, you know, because they are stone face and <laughs> yeah. just dropping the ham- hammer with the Bible on your head, kind of thing. And the same would be said on the other side, kind yeah. of thing, or anybody in the middle, kind of deal. Uh, one of the things, though, Austin, you said, like, within that, man, I had somebody one time, because I'll quote whether it's Keller or John Piper or, or somebody like that a good bit, and I had somebody call me out on quoting Piper one Sunday from the pulpit, and it was not what he quoted, um, but it was something that had been said kind of in the media world kind of thing, something taken out of content. It was actually a, a letter um, where he had commented, on, or maybe a blog, where he had commented on a young lady who was having an eating disorder. And uh, so he said something, and he actually came back afterwards and was like, because he was called out for it, you know, um, and, and he came back later. I mean, not, to, not that he said something really out of turn kind of thing, but him not being the expertise and just kind of how he worded it kind of thing. I, he was like, you know, basically repenting, like, you know, I, sh- I didn't handle that. I kind of made a mistake. I shouldn't have spoke that way kind of thing. But the person who was calling me out was calling me out for quoting Piper on something that, again, was put out there. They, they didn't know the second part of him repenting. Yeah. Well, even, I mean, yeah, I quote Piper. I don't know 
that doesn't mean I believe everything that Piper believes. Mm. I don't believe that we should baptize babies. Yeah. We would disagree on that, and he would be wrong. But that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm right. No. But, I mean, so even within that tribe, they're yeah. going to have disagreements because not all Calvinists are going to lean toward that. Wow. You know? <laughs> and that's just one issue. Yeah. And so even when the and my question is this, too. Man, and the thing that really breaks my heart, because I really believe it breaks the heart of God, is within tribalism. Like, we, we, even that's even said, like, that's my work tribe, or that's my workout gym tribe. Yeah. You know, and some of that, man, is good. Like, mm-hmm. we talked about community. Like, there's the longing and belonging and accountability and those things within the tribe. And, and even within churches, I heard it again this morning. They weren't talking about us, talking about somebody else. And was like, there's cliques essentially kind of the tribe kind of mentality mm-hmm. and but it's again part of it's good that they are together like they they want to be together they, they god's brought them together but then the the, the, the balance and the worry is you get in that tribal mentality of we don't really want anybody else to enter we love our tribe and we don't want anybody to exit we just want to kind of keep it as it is yeah. and that happens within the local church you know we don't we want people to come in eh, as long as they'll you know, do what we do and believe what we believe and not challenge things. We definitely want people to leave. But the thing that breaks my heart, man, is the local church is not serving together. Mm-hmm. Like I struggle with that from the very beginning. Um, okay, well, what about another church that their doctrine or some of their practice, they have female pastors and things of that nature, and if I would disagree on whatever points, can we still serve together? You know? Yeah. Can we still actually do mission locally together? Can we get yeah. coffee together? I mean, can we love each other and the world around us together, even though we differ on certain issues? Yeah, I think that's where the, the line in the sand has been drawn a lot within the local churches. Is this about me and my church mm-hmm. and not God's church, big church? Oh, yeah. Big C, yeah. It reminds me of a passage. Uh, it's Acts 2, 44 through 47, it says, All who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I, I was hearing Francis Chan talk about that passage, and he was just like, When we have unity in the church, like, God blesses people. Mm-hmm. Like he, he adds souls to the community. Yeah. He builds the church bigger. Yeah. And so getting to that, it's crazy how even on the mission, like when it comes to wanting to share the gospel with people or like uh, go to the food bank with another church that's different than yours, mm-hmm. how we will draw the line in the sand. And it's like, can we really not hand out food together? Yeah. You know? I know. Like that is that's so bonkers. Yeah. Like we both agree this person is hungry, they need food, but we're not going to come together and use our resources and show them the love of Jesus by giving them food just because you're Baptist and yeah. I'm Methodist yeah. or whatever and yeah. it's just silly. Like, it is. Uh, you know. Yeah. And I think this the enemy loves it. Yeah. I mean just absolutely loves it, man. That that Something so silly would cause us not only not to serve, we don't even, again, pray for them. Mm-hmm. 
pray for other churches, other leaders. Pray that God would bless and grow them. I mean, it's just like we're we're so we're so focused on our tribe, yeah, our church kind of thing, our people. That's it, and we want it to grow, but we're not concerned about His kingdom. Yeah, and, and then with that early church, that passage you just read, how different were those people? Yeah, three thousand, five thousand. Can you imagine? I mean, something happened so rapidly multiplying and thousands upon thousands of people from all walks of life i mean it would have been easier it would have been easier in their own doing to have a jew church a gentile church a eat meat church a vegan church i mean they could have done all that right but they didn't now yes they would have the churches as far as the local church within their areas where they live once the gospel began spreading out but even initially or even then, I mean, they're still very different. It's not just that little tribe. And, you know, that's one of the things the question was asked uh, a few years ago to me. And it's, they're still very much, they're very prominent still. But when it comes to specific types of churches, air quotes kind of thing, if you can't see me, um, like uh, let's have a cowboy church. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's have, you know, and again, I, I get, you know, what I get it. But again, or, okay, so what if I'm not a cowboy? Can I not? come to your church? Can I not be a part of your church? Yeah. Can, you know what I mean? And for whatever that is, it's like we're creating a tribal, our little tribe, and we're celebrating it. Man, we're going to put our name on it because it's about identity, which is the real issue. Mm-hmm. So if I, my first, you know, I've heard it kind of, I don't know, said in a joke and it breaks your heart too, you know, and again, I would fall more in this camp. But it, it, when if you hear the initials JC and your first thought is John Calvin and not Jesus Christ, you probably have a problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that's what we've done is that's our identity more so and above being a child of God, which is, again, something that you see throughout Scripture, you know, yeah. whether it's race or whatever else, even within the family tribe, the family unit, you know, is put ahead oftentimes of, of who God is and who you are as his child. And that's the opposite. Yeah. What's beautiful too is like my own journey with this is kind of uh, starting to listen to people from different tribes. And like I don't even have a tribe anymore. I'm just I, I got to a point where I'm just like, own range up. I'm a Christian. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I I can't my beliefs have changed so much in the last few years, I'm like, I wouldn't be in I can't commit to any of y'all. <laughs> but uh I started doing this thing because I I noticed I I'm one of those guys who, if I listen to a Matt Chandler sermon mm-hmm. and I really love it, mm-hmm. I'll just go down that rabbit hole okay. of just listening to all of Matt Chandler's sermons and all the Village Church's sermons and then yep. all the Reformed guy sermons, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, well, I want to guard against that. And so one of the way things I started doing is I found people in different tribes that helped me guard against that. And for me, I, I just I, at the cabinet shop, I can while I'm sanding or whatever, I'll have sermons going and mm-hmm. I, I realized that the different tribes that we have they kind of really complement each other really well if you put them together mm-hmm. because we're like i'll listen to matt chandler and he's very heavy on like uh the doctrinal like who god is sure get, helping us get a good idea of who god is yeah right then I'll listen to John Mark Comer, who's more contemplative, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's going to hit on like uh, spiritual disciplines and mm-hmm. uh, really focus on the 
relationship you have with God and how you can like sit in silence with Him and mm-hmm. be transformed by Him and like in inwardly. Then I'll listen to the Charlie Dates. Okay, Charlie Dates is like this uh, African American Baptist pastor, and he hits kind of like on how the gospel hits his community. So mm-hmm. like kind of like social gospel. I know there's like. That that was a whole other conversation for another day, but like how the gospel essentially hits your community mm-hmm. and how it affects society at large. Yes, I'm like, yeah, I need that too. Yeah, and then Rich Wilkerson, who yep. he, the Assemblies of God pastor, he hits on how like God will help you overcome your fears and your insecurities. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, when I put all these together, they <laughs> yeah. help make me a more rounded individual. Yeah, I'm seeing how the gospel not just hits my mind and my intellect, mm-hmm. but how it influences. Uh, how I f- how I feel about myself, mm-hmm. how I can love others, mm-hmm. and it, it, they just start flowing so well together, and I can be more appreciative. And like yeah. they all say something I yeah. disagree with at some point, absolutely. But you start seeing the similarities mm-hmm. because they end up saying a lot of the same things. Yeah, they they are all rooted on that similar idea that Jesus came to make all things new. Yeah, and uh, man, that's that's been such like a beautiful thing for me and it's it's caused my faith to grow even more because if i had just stayed in my reform camp i'd just be like building the intellect mm-hmm. f- for the most part yeah. you know because that's kind of their emphasis yeah. but then when I, I branched out like yeah i i started realizing oh god he has something to say about my insecurities mm-hmm. about myself yeah. and he has something like the spiritual disciplines like it's not all legalism like mm-hmm. there there's a no. reason there in the bible yeah for sure and you, you just start seeing that the family of God is way bigger than you would ever imagine. And yeah. it's kind of like at the, I kind of liken it to a household. Mm-hmm. Each member of the household is like one person's going to be washing the dishes, the other person's cooking, the other person's like cleaning the dining room table. Mm-hmm. That makes that supper, like, it makes it better because yeah. everyone has a role, everyone's yeah. playing a part in it, right. and you're working together. Yeah. You take one of those out, man. You yeah, gotta, yeah, it's gonna be powerful. And again, you know? let's just say this too, man. I mean, because like, you just rattled off, you know, about a half a dozen names, <laughs> kind of thing that many people wouldn't recognize. But just how you explained that was beautiful, because if you just and I, this this has nothing to do whether it's reform, Calvinistic, mm-hmm. or, or free will, you know, whatever tribe camp you're in, kind of thing. But if you just listen to me. You just listen to Matt Chandler. You just listen to Stephen Ferrick. I don't care who it is. Yeah. You're, you know, I, if we're honest, we're after a, a while, no matter how awesome he or she is kind of thing, there's going to be a longing. Yep. Because we're going to tend to highlight, like, the perfect, like you said, meal uh, and, and serving of the meal and all that. Same with preaching. Like, okay, I, well, I want it, man. I, gotta leave. I, want, to, I want to highlight who God is transcendent and imminent and 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 whole i mean i just want the grandeur of god and then i, I, I gotta talk about sin i gotta talk about you i gotta i, I, I gotta make it i want to know i want you to know that this this applies to your daily life you yeah. know it's not just head well i mean it's, it's like that's a, that's a hard task right? i mean it <laughs> yeah. is every sunday we're trying to do that and none of us are perfect none of them are perfect and so and, and we have a tendency whether it's Chandler or me or whomever else, to kind of to really highlight, mm-hmm. you know, a part of you know what we want as far as scripture or who God is or whatever kind of thing. Uh, 
sometimes some will get caught up in and that's why a lot of the knock on some whether it's calvinistic or you know mm-hmm. if it's if it's like a stephen furtick kind of thing is and you see okay this is where they might get hung up or they're just it's all yeah. this and and you would wish they would push a little bit more of you know, the other part kind yeah. of balance the scales a little bit but they're not perfect yeah you know what i mean it's and then if so you, once you yeah. listen to both it does it kind of yeah it feels just like oh yeah and if you've ever been in a conversation about Jesus with somebody, you realize afterwards how much you didn't say that you wish you would have said. And you're like, oh, yeah, I should probably be a little bit easier on like a verdict. Not that like we should hold them accountable too. But no, yeah, for sure. Have grace because how many times like that's a constant thing in Bible study is, man, I, I, didn't, I didn't get to say this part. I really wish I would have. That would have kind of helped round out that conversation. Yeah. And you hit them at all angles. And it's like, no, nah, like – just have humility mm-hmm. and give grace to others and like a benefit of the doubt. Because yeah. something else I learned was uh, my brothers and sisters in the faith, whether they disagree with me or not, a lot of them have, like we, we all have the same heart, the same mission. Mm-hmm. We want to see lost people come yes. to know Jesus and experience the love yep. of Jesus and be changed by him forever. Yeah. And so sometimes we're going to say we're, we're at the food bank or whatever, Remember that. Like, mm-hmm. don't get hang, hung up on whether they have women pastors or not. Yeah. Remember, like, why why their church exists. Yeah. A lot of our mission statements are just knockoffs of each other's, yeah. if we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah. And, man, the big thing, too, is, like, uh, go get if you get coffee with a lot of these people and you keep the categories outside mm-hmm. and you just hear their story about, like, what Jesus has done in their life. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be walking away saying, "Man, that is so amazing! Like it's so evident Jesus has been in their life." The only reason you're having conflictions is because well, they don't have your brand of Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's like who cares about the brand? Yeah. Like let's focus on like what we have in common, which is Jesus. Yeah, you know, no doubt. And I love man, like John thirteen thirty four and thirty five. And Jesus mm-hmm. talking to his disciples and all those who are listening. Just have I've loved you. You also are to love one another. And by this, everyone, not just the church, not just your camp, mm-hmm. your tribe, will know that you are my disciples. How? If you love one another. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Love one another. Even when we differ. Even when we disagree. Yep. And it's even in like First John that it is a sin to not love your brother. Yep. Like that. that is not, if you don't love the brother, you don't love me. Mm-hmm. So like... Man, go go out there and like have the give the people the benefit of the doubt and find God in their lives. Even you know if we're kind of branching out of even like mm-hmm. uh, God. Ultimately, God wants us to be inviting people into the family of yeah. God. Yeah. Go find how God's working in people's lives outside of the church too. Yeah. And you you're not going to be looking for long. That's right. Because I mean, it's you just whether it's health problems or whatever. Like He's constantly showing up. You listening? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, a musician for long enough you go through their catalog god's somewhere in there yeah. like he's that that's part of how artists work they're reflecting on their lives and sure. what's going on and at some point they've dealt with the existential and mm-hmm. how how everything came to be or are they alone in the universe and they're going to mention god somewhere mm-hmm. or and, something pointing to him yeah yeah or that longing at least for sure you know and then that hey that's the starter yep. start where they are and, and you know the other thing, Austin, and you've said it a couple of times now, us working, like, so as a pastor even, like, we're not saying, like, like sometimes I'll have people come up to me, um, 
and they'll be like, oh man, I was listening to so-and-so. And the minute they say so-and-so and they put that name, I'm like, eh. you know what I mean? Like, they're in that camp. But I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they have said some things. There would be some things that you need to have a discerning spirit. And so in that moment, I have a decision to make. Either I'm going to drop the hammer, like you need to stop listening to them and here's why. Let me give you five points and send you to an article and all this kind of stuff. And there may be a place for that. Yeah. I mean, there may be like, you need to be careful. And, yeah. and, let, and you do a little background check. Go listen to a couple of things. Read this. You know, mm-hmm. get a little bit more informed. You make a wise decision, you know, kind of thing. You know, I, I can either do that and show that person love and show that person they're listening to love. They're not my enemy. Yeah. That, that person, whether they disagree, and even if they are preaching and teaching something, they're still not my enemy. Mm-mm. We don't battle against flesh. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so they're still made in the image of God, man. But I am going to point it out at a certain point. Yeah. And so that we're not saying that we can, yes, we can serve together and we can have, you know, but we can also have disagree. Yeah, well, I, I And mean, still love you. There's that passage of First Timothy that, like, the teachers are going to be held to a higher standard. Sure. Out of love for other That's teachers, yeah. I want to hold you accountable that you're yes. not saying something wild that yeah. you're going to have to answer for later. Absolutely. But then, too, like, you know, I had mentioned earlier Rob Bell. The reason I have Rob Bell on my bookshelf is because I know people who listen to Rob Bell, mm-hmm. and I had no idea. I've just heard rumors about him. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to immediately throw him out of our family mm-hmm. if he's not actually like out out of our family you know mm-hmm. yeah i, I want to actually give him the benefit of the doubt and un- try to understand where he's coming from mm-hmm. and so i bought a book and read it and i was like you know what? i actually agree with this i don't know why people are freaking out so i bought the book that uh another book by me. i'm just trying to mm-hmm. i'm going through the list because i want to better understand what he's teaching mm-hmm. and why people would cast him out and i just want to like love him too of like, yeah not treat him as the enemy right off the bat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I would want people to do that with me, too. There's just been things that I've yes. said that people have been like, Austin, you've went out of bounds. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if you had a conversation with me, I don't think you'd say that. Mm-hmm. If you asked me, like, deeper questions, kind of like what we started with, I don't think you'd say I'm not a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know? And even if you did go out of bounds, so yeah. to speak, or said something, whatever kind of thing— that again is loving one another. Yeah. It's going to you. How yeah. do you ex- explain? I mean, with Rob Bell, I mean, Rob Bell, if you don't know who that is, I mean, Austin is as powerful and as much pull as he got. He probably ain't picking up the phone and calling Rob Bell. You know, I mean, you're not going to be able to sit down and have a cup of coffee and let him explain himself. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to read some of his stuff. You're going to have to read yeah. some articles. You're gonna to, but I think that's part of the way you love him is yeah. you kind of, okay, I'm engaging the way I can, get to understand. I'm going to pray for him. And if I do find error and... Man, I'm gonna hey pray for him in that. Yeah, you know regard. I mean, I think that's loving him. Yeah, not just casting him off and like you know done with you kind of thing. Like, yeah, and it's like one of the things I struggle with too. I don't know how you feel about it. Is I don't like making I I don't like making videos dogging other pastors' sermons or like I don't I don't find that I don't think that shows love of Jesus. I understand like holding pastors accountable. Yes. But, buddy, I don't know Matt Chandler like up and close. Mm-hmm. I'm praying to God that there are people, guys, placed in his life that can hold him accountable. Sure. And so there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I'm reading a Rob Bell or a Francis Chan or whoever. Mm-hmm. But deep down, like, I, 
I'm not going to, I can't hold them accountable in the way that they need to be held accountable. Instead, like the way I'm going to love them is I'm going to pray that God puts people in their life, Mm -hmm. which is like something that is kind of cool with Francis Chan is God somehow connected Francis Chan and Benny Hinn. Mm -hmm. And Francis Chan has been able to build a relationship with Benny Hinn and show Mm -hmm. him the gospel. And Mm -hmm. there's, there's work being done there. Yep. And it's like, man, we we need to be be praying for these guys. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. especially these people who claim the name of, of Jesus. Yep. Like, pray that they have people in their lives holding them accountable and that they don't fall away. We shouldn't be cheering them on mm-hmm. as they go off the deep end. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I I worry about that, like, because if you hear the name Benny Hinn, if you're in that camp, Benny Hinn's camp, man, you're like, oh, praise God, they said his name. And, you know, <laughs> and if you're not, then it's like, heresy like but again francis chan can we build relationships can we engage people that we disagree with even disagree not that we just from a just a preference disagree with yeah but they are an era yeah can we still build a relationship with them yeah again i think francis chan is secure enough in his faith that he can have a conversation build a relationship tackle some tough topics with someone like benny hen that they would be very different in yeah. And hey, now he is building a relationship. How might God use that? Yeah. Others would have been like, no, he's you know that's not in that camp. Oh, he's he's definitely lost. Might be of Satan. You know what I mean? Let's make fun of him. Yeah. Let's not know you know the full extent of what he believes or whatever. Let's just not ever you know deal with it kind of thing. Yeah. And if we ever hear of anybody that does adhere to that tribe, then we stay away from them too. What's crazy too is like sometimes it's out of arrogance that we will criticize other people. Forgetting that, like, well, say, I don't know Benny Hinn's situation. He may have just grown up being taught all that. Mm-hmm. Like, just like I was, I, I grew up being taught Southern Baptist theology. Sure. Like, that was just by nature where I fall in. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, they gave him good answers to his questions or whatever. And, like, sometimes we just, we don't, uh, we had this mindset that people outside of our camp haven't had this long history that's led them to where they are. Yeah. And so us saying, well, like if we'll just give these like one off little solutions or whatever, instead of really taking time to be like, no, like even if God say Benny Hinn tomorrow, mm-hmm. it's going to be a while before we start seeing it. Like the fruit that maybe we want. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of undoing, a lot of deconstructing, a lot of reconstructing, a lot of, yeah, there's just a lot of work to be done because it, there's work yeah. being done before that. Yeah, you know, man, you you asked a question earlier and I really never answered it, but I did just think of it again. I came back to it, so I'm gonna answer it before I forget cool. again. Yeah, about from the pulpit or from a video, making fun of, even tearing down another pastor, preacher, leader, kind of thing. I, dude, I'm gonna be honest, man. I uh, early on, um, I don't know if it was just. Uh, trying to get a joke or I don't know. I mean, I remember Joel Osteen for one. I, I know for a fact on an occasion or two, I brought his name up. Um, now I do not. I mean, the reason I brought it up was not that I was quoting him or anything else, but yeah, I do not believe what he believes in many areas. Um, but making light of it, man, like look, looking at it now and the question you just asked, like, was that the best thing to do? Probably not on my part. You know what I mean? Like, because why was I really doing it? Was I really proving something from Scripture and that was kind of my driving home thing? Or was I really just kind of an easy poke? He was an easy target. 
yeah. smiley kind of thing, make joke of it, lie of it, and tear him down. What did I just do? Did I just tear down someone made in the image of God? You know, like that desperately needs to know the God. And do I know his story? And the more I learned about him and knowing his dad and that sort of thing, it's like, wow, okay, he did have a lot of truth. And for whatever reason, we are going to disagree to disagree. And but I ain't going to stop loving him and praying for him. And, so, and I am going to stop making fun of him from yeah. the pulpit or anywhere else. Because really, what good is that doing? Yeah. Unless I, I think we got to be honest, too, of if we're – our congregations really listening to some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Some like I know pastors who they they list they read Joel Osteen books and stuff like that because mm-hmm. their congregation does and they want to like be yeah. aware of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But then I know some churches that they are so much like each other that none of them are reading a Joel Osteen book. Mm-hmm. But you're hearing that pastor rail against them Sunday after Sunday, and it's like yeah. goes back to what you're saying. Like, what are you doing this for? Yeah. Like, what are the idols in your church's life that you really need to be addressing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it was before we even started the recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pastor who is a glutton, but he's like railing against oh, homosexuality. Yeah. It's like, maybe you need to hit on gluttony in your church. Mm-hmm. Because like, in a lot of cases, they're not homosexual in your church. Mm-hmm. How about you hit on the things that your church is struggling with? Yeah. Which is like what, like when we think about the letters Paul wrote to all these churches... He's addressing their needs, mm-hmm. their concerns. Mm-hmm. Like the church in Rome got a different letter than the church in Corinth. Yeah. And like some of them were circulated. Oh, yeah, for sure. But they're very specific. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like the church in Corinth was very specific to them. Absolutely. And I mean, you think about the church in Rome. It's not that that letter, which I had a huge shift in thinking about, was it's not really about predestination or free will. He's calling together that church in unity. Mm-hmm. He's like, y'all are divided on this uh, Jew-Gentile issue. Mm-hmm. It's like, but like, remember, like, you got Jesus in common. Yeah, that's what you need to be united in. Yeah. and you need to be united in how you serve others. Yeah, and all of it pointing chapter fifteen and sixteen to the gospel yep. going to where the gospel has not been. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Paul and Paul's like. I can't do it on my own. And he now starts naming, I think it's 26 names or some at the very end. He's like, he's name dropping them for a reason. Mm-hmm. Men, women, young, old, rich, poor, because you're a follower of Jesus. And we're all commanded to go. And I need you to go yeah. with me. Be part of this big mission. Yeah. I. Uh, I it's a tough one, man. Uh, call it, because we're, we're so, I mean, it's just, you know, again, the log and the speck. It's easy to see the, you know, the speck in someone else. It's like, we're real easy to be, you know, just critical. And again, yeah. I want people to hold me accountable. Yeah. I want you know that in my life. I want to be able to do that to other people without being overly critical, which is, again, a fine line, and who does it perfectly? Nobody kind of thing. Um, it's real easy to tear others apart that are in different camps, different tribes, just to, to rip them apart, mm-hmm. you know, stuff they've said, written, whatever kind of thing. Um, it's a lot harder to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, that's what we're called to. Yeah. And so close out this episode you share what you want after this but uh one of the things i I would recommend people do is because we live in such a divided culture Mm -hmm. we're we are discipled into making enemies of each other start trying to find the best in people trying to find where god's working in people like don't immediately like we're we're like you said a lot of us are overly critical we are we can quickly find what we disagree about Mm -hmm. with people 
Yeah. Find what you agree with them on. Yeah. Find what you admire about them. Yeah. And you'll start seeing like how much uh, God is working in people and how He can impact them. Uh, how can He can use them in your life to impact you? And absolutely, uh, it it'll just open up your eyes to how much God is actually working. Yeah. Practical stuff too, man. I would say like one of the things that the Lord really taught me, and I I I need to do more. I don't do enough. I do it my private time of praying for other churches. Start there. Mm-hmm. Pray for and not just within your tribe. Yep. churches pray for those who are not pray for them call them by name yep. and hey do it from the pulpit if you are a pastor if you're a leader do it from the pulpit yep. pray for different denominations call the church out by name pray for the leader if you don't know who the leader is that might be an indictment as well like that you're really called up in your tribe yep. like the church is two miles down the road and you don't know who the pastor is who's that on like you know, how about, I don't know, maybe let's take it a step further. Why don't you pick up the phone and call them? Take them out of a cup of coffee. Yeah. It's in a different tribe. Get to know the person as a person. Yeah. You know? And be open to that as well. Yeah. <laughs> that you can sit down and you have different beliefs and neither one of you has to win the argument, walk away, and or change the other person's, person's view. Like, yeah. just sit down and have coffee. Yeah. Get to know them. How can you pray for them? How can you pray for their, you know, if they're married or have children or what their biggest need is within the church? And I'll pray for that. You know, like, love them. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can do that. Um, let me just, I'll say this too, Austin, and like for me, thinking about tribalism, the first thing Jesus calls us out of is our tribe, our, yeah. our comfort of home, our, even our family sometimes. I mean, even saying, going so far as, you know, I came and hey, you know, you have mother and uh, mother-in-law and, and daughter-in-law, they're going to be against one another, father, mother, son. I mean, it's, it's like there's going to there's be division in, within your tribe, your home, your family tribe sometimes Yep. because of me. Um, but he calls us out of that tribe to be willing to leave all, to leave all at certain times, to follow him. And so if he's calling us out of a tribe, so to speak, I don't know if he's necessarily calling us into just another tribe, i.e. a camp whether it be, you know, reformed or mm-hmm. free will or, or, you know, traditional and contemporary, whatever kind of thing. Like, that's just kind of backwards. Oh, yeah. I'm going to call you out of a tribe to put you in another tribe so that you don't pray and serve and love the other tribe. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what we do. He's, he's calling in you into a family yeah, that wants so to add to the family. So, and please don't, man. Last thing I'll say, I, we, we had an event here at the bridge and uh, I had somebody that came up to me and was like, man, why don't, why don't the community know more about this? Why aren't more involved in it? And they're, they're not a member here, the person that I asked these questions. And, and I was like, you know, at first I'm kind of like on my heels, I guess. Maybe just I was just like, you know, we promote it, we try it. And in my mind I'm thinking, and what I wanted to say, but I didn't, was I'm afraid it's some of this tribalism. Mm-hmm. As long as my name is attached to it. And it, I'm as guilty as this. If this would have been at another church, would I have been there? Would I have promoted within our yeah. church kind of thing? So I battle this, like, you know, kind of thing. But we're, we're so focused on growing, and we don't want to say it, our kingdom, our church, whatever that title is, instead of his church and crossing over and going to not only the, the physical place, but the, the people of God that are at that church and serving with them. Yeah. And other people see it. Other people within the church see it, and people outside the church see it. Yeah. So let's do better. I that I I've kind of wrestled with that too of 
I, I want to be a leader who supports and encourages others and constantly shows up to be like their cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the the devil will get into me, my mind and be like, yeah, but you do all that and then they don't support you. And that that freaking yeah. that hits yeah. hard. But then I have to just fight them back and just be like, yeah, but there's a goal. Yeah. And it might not be this year. Mm-mm. But ultimately, I think this is going to this is the best plan forward. I'd rather keep supporting them and there'd be that just a little bit of a relationship than mm-hmm. there'd be no relationship and we're yeah. fighting with each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Keep planting seeds. Yep. God, he causes the increase. And there will be a harvest. All right. Well, that's been another episode of Into the Fray. We thank y'all for listening and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. another episode of Into the Fray. We want to thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast feed. We will see you next week for another conversation.